Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 6.30 chair. Larson up the gut with a pass into the skates of McDavid. Playing here in the final minute, 20. Fending off Tucker Pullman, pulling up right corner center. One-timer score! Ty Ratty, a five-point night! Ty Ratty. What a game. He continues to produce five points, two goals, three assists. Connor McDavid gets a goal and three assists. Ryan Nugent Hopkins scores twice. And the Edmonton Oilers pull away from the Winnipeg Jets for a 7-3 victory. They improve to 3-0 in the preseason. Going into this one, we certainly saw the potential for a comfortable Oilers victory, though the Jets did hang around. But the Oilers had the better lineup and the better players showed why. They are top-line players in the NHL, though in Ty Ratty's case, he's still trying to prove that, and you got to give him credit for what he's been able to do so far. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center. It's 9.53, along with former NHLer Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, we got to start with Ratty, and we recognize that this wasn't the Winnipeg Jets, who some people are winning to Stanley, the win the Stanley Cup. few guys in the lineup tonight. But, I mean, we often say this in the preseason. All we can go on at this point is the information that we have, and Raddy continues to grab the opportunity. Well, the, there's players in the, the Oilers lineup tonight that have higher pedigrees than, than Ty Raddy, and they played against the same team that Raddy did tonight, and Raddy was the best player on the ice. So uh, give him credit. Uh, we, we just talked with Bob about the fact that he understands his role playing with Connor McDavid. He doesn't have to be a guy that's going to go end-to-end. He doesn't have to make the, the great 70-foot pass to spring him onto breakaways. What he has to do is you got to keep you got to keep plays alive. you got to keep pucks going forward. you got to get pucks in the right area. you got to get pucks to Connor or to Nugent Hopkins when they need it. And when you don't have the puck, you got to get into open space. And open space doesn't mean just going standing in front of the net waiting for someone to give you the puck. Sometimes it means finding a soft spot behind the net, finding a, a, a quiet zone just outside of the, of the slot, away from defenders. And he did all those things tonight. Uh, I was impressed with his speed tonight. There was a couple times he got in on four checks, very quickly disrupted the Winnipeg breakouts. We saw that in Vancouver the other night where uh, I can't remember who it was who was trying to catch the puck. I think it was Hutton yep. trying to catch the puck. And R- Raddy was on him so quickly, tipped it by, ended up getting a break, Wayne, and scored a goal. Uh, I'm surprised that Raddy has that kind of speed. And he's just, he's playing with confidence. And I don't care who he's played against in the last two games. Nobody on the, on the Oilers has seven points thus far in the preseason. <laughs> Ty Ratty does. So uh, a good game for him. And he is solidifying the spot that everyone thought he was going to have at the start of the season, playing with Connor and Ryan. You touched on it on the end of the show with Bob. He played 10-08 and had 14 shifts. And he had five points. Fewest, yeah, so, there was only, only the backup goaltenders played less than Raddy tonight. I mean, it was a, a full night's work in 10 minutes, and, and that's the one thing that he's going to have to get used to. If if he starts the season with Connor, which it looks like he will, His he, he's not a penalty killer. Uh, he's not on either power play unit, though if you get seven points, you, you might push your way <laughs> into a power play spot. So he's got to be ready. Because sometimes, especially early in the season, there's long stretches of power play penalty killing, power play penalty killing, that you you got to be ready that when you get your chance that you do something with it, even if there's a long dry spell of sitting on a bench. So the Oilers win 7-3 tonight. Milan Lucic had a goal on the power play. That'll feel good for him. Jesse Puliyarvi also scored. He made a beauty of a rush on a power play in the first period to open the scoring for the Jets. It was Cop. Lowry and Dano 
scoring. And, and I mean, the Jets' best line uh, was Lowry, Kopp, and Tanev, their most experienced line. They, I thought they were the most dangerous guys. Yeah, they're, they're very good. Tanev, I thought, had a, a great game tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and Lowry, he just does what he does. He gets in four checks. He's a big body that uh, not afraid to drive the net. He's, he's a physical player. I mean, it's a physical team. And, and as much as Bob and, and Jack talked about they were physical tonight, this is nothing compared to what oh, the yeah. Winnipeg Jets play like when they get a full team. They're, they're, they are a very good hockey club, and they're one of the teams that uh, if you want to make the final eight uh, to, to go to the playoffs, this is a team that is, I mean, not, there's no such thing as a sure thing, but this is a playoff team here in Winnipeg and will be for many years. So the Oilers win 7-3. The evaluation continues. You can call us at 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. We'll have post-game reaction coming up from both dressing rooms as well. We'll get to the phone lines in a minute here. And, you know, you talk about, okay, what kind of lineup did the Jets dress? Uh, Do you expect the Oilers to win? All that kind of stuff. And I think we'll talk as we move along tonight uh, some players that continue to be question marks. And if, if... if the other team doesn't have a great lineup or doesn't play well, well, you'd expect players to stand out. So Raddy, again, grabs the opportunity. Good for him. By the way, he scored on a one-timer, which was nice. I mean, I know, it was, it was, I know it was gravy time, but still. He's, he, a goal's you know, a goal. A goal's a goal, and, and the Oilers have had guys that have, you know, liked to dance around with the puck a little bit without shooting it. Raddy came into the slot. McDavid gave, gave it to him, and then he fired it. So that was nice to see. I think there were some Oilers tonight that it's hoped that they were going to grab some opportunities, and maybe we're not seeing that yet. And also a couple of good signs about some players who could be depth for this team, and we'll get into that as we move along. Let's go to the phone lines here, 780-496-0063. I believe we will know this voice, and I've heard him calling into Eskimos post-game shows this year. It is Tony on the line. Hey, Tony. How's it going, boys? Doing very well. Oh, I'm so glad to have hockey back. Good. Even though it's only preseason. Um, actually, the, I actually have no comp, comp, um, no complaints about tonight. I'm happy the fact that Lucic scored. I'm hoping this sparks something in him. Um, from the offseason, what players have you noticed that, besides McDavid, have really stepped up and, you know, either matured or you've seen something that you didn't see last year? That we didn't see last year. Well, I mean, that, that's hard. I mean, because some of these players, we've only seen one game. Um, I, I think that fans here in Edmonton are going to be pretty excited about what they've seen out of Ty Ratty this far. You know, there's a lot of talk about him playing with Connor McDavid and the opportunity that he has uh, and what he would do with that opportunity. He's been sensational through two games. Again, just exhibition games, but he's come in and done everything that they've wanted him to do and more. So uh, I I don't know if he can really give a a full analysis of a lot of the players that are going to be with the Oilers because most of the players that are going to be with the Oilers this year have played one game, and it's early in preseason. Uh, I, th- I think the people are excited. I mean, Cam Talbot's put together two solid efforts. That's good. Having said that, I mean, the Oilers went 6-2 and two last year, I think, in, in the preseason. Yep. Preseason does not translate into successful regular seasons, but there are some positives with the Oilers right now, and you got to just hope that these positives move forward and go to Europe with the Edmonton Oilers. I think if we if we want to talk about some players that that I in particular have been watching, Raddy is obviously one of them. Puliyarvi is another one. Two games so far so good. Yep. Looks more assertive, more confident. Uh, we'll get into some other forwards as we move along. Defensively, okay, Clefbaum and Larson, Nurse is back. Russell and Benning. You have those five where you feel like you well you know what you're hoping for. Uh, you know, clearly every everybody wants to play better than last season. Mm-hmm. But those are the five guys. Yerebeck, we've seen in a couple games. He has the one-year contract. It's a one-way deal. Now, here's the, here's the thing for him. He played a little bit last year. He's been promoted. I mean, talking to people who covered him in Washington as someone who can move the puck up, up ice, I, I haven't seen it. So that's the thing. If he's, if he's playing, quote-unquote, inferior lineups... You should see that strength. I haven't really seen that. No, I agree. And I thought uh, Bouchard 
with the puck on his stick looks like a player that's going to be a, a very nice National Hockey League defenseman. But there's still some hiccups when it comes to in his own zone, and you would expect it. He's a young man who's just making his way into the pro game, and it's it's tough being a defenseman. So the Oilers right now, there is actually a competition, I believe, for the sixth defensive spot and the seventh defensive spot. I don't think uh, Yerbeck has hit it out of the park yet. I don't think he's proven that he's a guy that can get 15 to 17 minutes a night, and the Oilers are going to feel fully confident that he's the guy that they want out there. Because when you go on the road, that you throw your third pairing out there, all of a sudden, here comes Patrick Liney over the boards, or here comes, you know, Getzlaff over the boards. So you got to be able to have faith in all six defensemen that you have in your back end. And I'm not sure, uh, again, it's early, but I'm not sure he's proven to the Oilers brass that he's capable of doing that. He's going to get the best opportunity because of his contract situation, but things that we've seen in the past year with Edmonton is they will go with the best players available, whether they're guys that have contracts or not, they'll find a way to make it work. He's got to get better, and he's also opened the door for other defensemen to step in and maybe start the season here in Edmonton. Bouchard's interesting to watch. You're right. When the puck's on his stick, it's good. I, I mean, obviously, there was the one goal against mm-hmm. it. Tie up the guy in front. You, you see that from young players all around the league. So that's hopefully something he learns from. He'll watch the video. Oh, He'll yeah. work on body position, on being hard on sticks. Absolutely. But he knows what to do with the puck. And actually, the the, the first Nugent Hopkins goal early in the second period, McDavid and Raddy got the assist. That was the one where McDavid uh, poked it away from yeah. Stanley and got it over to Nuge. Bouchard started that with that long pass from deep in his own end off the boards, banked it to Raddy, and and Raddy chipped it ahead. And I remember when Bouchard was was gathering the puck and the Oilers were changing. And I thought, okay, is he going to fool around with it? Is he going to wait for his defensive partner and we're going to see one of these slow it down D-to-D passes that frustrated a lot of us last year? Well, he saw a nice lane, creative pass, you know, banking it to, to Raddy, and, and that started the attack. Doesn't always lead to a goal, but that kind of struck me as, as a positive, creative, you know, intelligent offensive play. Well, and, and all those things describe what kind of player he is. He, he's, he's a very offensive-minded player. He sees the game well. He understands uh, how to create offense, even if it's from, you know, deep in his own zone. He knows that if I get the puck on my stick, I'm looking up ice very quickly and trying to find my best... Uh, my best outlet pass to get the puck going into the right direction. So uh, those are things that you can't teach. You can't teach a player how to become an offensive player. He's born with those natural instincts, and he's very good at them. Where he's going to have to learn, and he will, is how to cover a guy in front of the net. Mm -hmm. Body positioning on players coming down with speed. Uh, Little outlet plays in your own zone under pressure. Big difference between, you know, a guy from the Kitchener Rangers coming down on you forechecking than a guy from the Winnipeg Jets or from the Anaheim Ducks or from the Vancouver Canucks. They get on you faster. They are smarter. They are bigger. They are stronger. But those are things that he will learn. And again, another reason why most defensemen, you know, it's, it's what is it, 100, 100 and some games in the National Hockey League before they really completely understand the game. It's a tough position to play. Oilers win 7-3 tonight over the Winnipeg Jets. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Text line is 630-630. We will welcome Rob to overtime open line at 10.05. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. Right on. Glad to hear you guys back again. Hey, I just had a couple things I just wanted to uh, talk about. Uh, one was uh, I really felt uh, this game was like the Oilers, I mean, they had no chance to, uh, like, if, they were like, damned if you do, damned if you don't, because if they if they won, it was because the Jets, you know, iced a subpart team. And if they lost, well, how, how the hell did they lose against a subpart team? So you know, I really felt they were, like, it was a, man, it was a bad situation. But, I mean, I mean I'm glad they won and everything was worked out great. But um, I just, I don't know how much you can really... Uh, uh, look into this win uh, with you know the teams the teams that were right uh, and just, well this I just I just just a quick question too are uh, I really think are two two other things I think um, Bouchard as much as I like him I really I hope they don't keep him up I really think he's got to go back down uh, it sucks that he can't go to AHL but um, I just don't think he's ready yet as a defenseman and then my but, but a question to you guys is why. Why would you give 
McLeod an extra chance and not Benson when Benson was clearly, I think, just as good, if not better than McLeod uh, during this preseason. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, I mean, Benson isn't going to start the season here. So them sending him down today, just I mean, he's just playing one less exhibition game. I don't think it matters. Um, McLeod, they're still uh, trying to figure out more on him, where his role would be. I think Benson, he's an offensive player. They're going to put him in a, an offensive role when he eventually makes it to the National Hockey League. They know what kind of player he is. I think maybe they're just trying to see, is McLeod, is he a guy that you put in your top six? Is he a guy that will play in your, your, your third line? Is he a guy that can play offensive situation? Is he a penalty killer? I think they're just trying to find a little bit more out of him. I, I, I As a... It, long term, it didn't matter if they sent if they would have flip flopped Benson and, and McLeod. I don't believe either one of them will start the season here. I, I I just don't think there's room for McLeod right now with the way the Oilers are set up contract wise. But he's a guy that has impressed, and that's what you want to do when you're a young kid coming to camp. You want to be noticed, and he's certainly been noticed. And the coaching staff and and, and the general manager here are going to be pretty happy with the pick that they got. Yeah, good question by Robin. I think too. Remember, Benson's going to the American Hockey League. McLeod will will go to junior. Mm-hmm. So maybe they figure, okay, McLeod will benefit from one or two more, you know, more pro level games. Uh, whereas Benson's going to be getting into into an AHL camp. But, I mean, that's a fair question. I was a little surprised Benson went down. I thought he might get one more game, but they just, they decided to send him down for this weekend. And, yeah, I, he, he's right about preseason. And that's why we often talk more about individual players. Yeah. Are they at least doing little things right? Or if they've been challenged by their coaches or their teammates, are they, are they meeting those challenges? And again, to get back to Ratty, okay, be in better shape. He, mm-hmm. he worked on that, and Nuge has referenced it. McClellan has referenced it. Uh, checking and board battles. So, yes, if you're against a you know a minor league caliber player, you're you're more likely to to, to win to win mm-hmm. more board battles for sure. But um, you know, be involved. And Ty said the he said yesterday about that play late in the game in Vancouver, he said, look, if I got to dog the puck in the corner and take cross checks and kill the clock to be on the team, um, then I'll do that. So I, I think at this time of year, you, you watch for meeting expectations, meeting challenges, and they're all going to say the right things in interviews, or they should. Yeah. <laughs> can, can they actually then do that on the ice? Well, and, and he talked about the fact that they're playing, they, damned if they do, damned if they don't. Every team in the National Hockey League goes through the same thing because the teams always dress better lineups at home than they do on the road. Right. So when the Oilers go uh, Sunday to Winnipeg, Winnipeg's going to have a very good lineup and the Oilers will be a little depleted. And Winnipeg will be under the same thing where they should win because they're going to have a better lineup supposedly going. What you want to do is you want to go and play your best. And the Oilers tonight, they were supposed to win this game. They were supposed to dominate this game, and they did. So they went out and did exactly what they were supposed to do, and you got to give them credit for that. 7-3, the Oilers win it tonight. If you're just joining us, Ty Ratty gets two goals and five points. Nuge scores twice. McDavid has a goal and three assists. Shots for the Oilers, 37-23. They were uh, in control of most of the game. The Jets did tie it 2-2 with uh, two goals a minute 10 apart early in the second period. They hung around and got back within a goal six minutes into the third, but then the Oilers able to put it away. Okay, 7 8 Four nine six zero zero six three. We have Benny on the line. Hello, Benny. Hi, Benny. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. I'm gonna tell you. It's really simple. When it comes to Bouchard and fucking. Okay. Sorry, I shouldn't. Start. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can. If you are texting, I just am having a problem logging in, folks, so I'll try to get to that so I can read a few uh, before the end of the show. Uh, Luch gets the power play goal. We were talking before the game about the five left-handed shots. Uh, I I thought, you know, they were moving around. Sometimes Nuge had it on one Mm -hmm. side, McDavid on the the left. Uh, Overall, what did you think? Well, I think they're going to have success because of the the talent level they're going to have out there. I, I... it's not a perfect situation. Uh, it, it's always better to have uh, a couple of righties out there. It gives you one timing opportunities. When you have when you're going from a, a lefty on one side and you're passing it cross ice to to your to your lefty buddy on the opposite side who's playing his normal side, 
he can't one-time the puck, which allows the defenders a little more time to come over to get into the lane, allows the goaltender a little more time to get in the right position. Um, so it, it's a little tougher, and you can cheat now because you know there's no one-timing opportunities. So the Oilers have to create by moving around. And when you have Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, McDavid, who all think the game the same way and are all very, very good at moving the puck, they're going to be all over the ice. So it's kind of hard now. I said, okay, watch McDavid. Where's McDavid now? Oh, he's up higher. Now he's down low. Now he's a bumper. Now he's on the far side. So that's how it's going to create problems. I thought they looked good. Um, I mean, the Oilers got two power play goals, I think, tonight. The Pugliarvi one and then the dry settle to Lucic. I thought the goal, and it is a nothing game, and it was a nothing goal, but the Milan-Lucic goal, I think, was huge. This is a guy that went through a horrible season, heard about it all year, heard about it all summer, and the first chance he gets to put the puck in the net, he does. Now, this doesn't count in your regular season, but I know from being an offensive player, what you do in practice, what you do in scrimmages, what you do in exhibition carries over confidence-wise once you get to the real games. So that was a sigh of relief for Milan Lucic. Well, and it I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. It, it looked like they were trying to get I mean, it's six, or it was 5-3 at that point. And Dreisaitl, he basically shot it at Lucic's stick. I, I mean, it, it either it goes in off shot, yeah. or, or it goes wide into the corner. But, I mean, that's that's how he's going to score power play goals. Well, and that's not an easy play. Milan Lucic can make it look easy because he's a monster and he is strong. Most guys, that puck comes that hard from from Leon there. It's going to hit your stick and it's going to deflect high and, and wide because your stick is going to bend. Your arms are going to give way. But that's what you want to do. If Milan's doing that, he's team will see that. They'll, they'll look. Okay, look, we watch exhibition. They're setting Lucic up right there. we got to defend that. So you'll put a defenseman on him. Well, that opens up a cross-ice pass. So now Leon, instead of looking at Lucic, he can look to go across to Nugent Hopkins' back door, Connor McDavid back door. And the goaltender, now he's got to respect Milan there, and then he's forgetting the guy all in the back, back end. So the Oilers have enough creativity to make five lefties work. And they'll continue to use that until they find a right-handed shot they can step into that lineup. So 7-3, the Oilers win tonight. We'll get back to the phone lines in a few minutes. Let's go downstairs. Five points this evening for Ty Ratty. When you have a night like that going, kind of what's going through your head, how good things are feeling. Yeah, things are feeling real good. Like, obviously, wish it was regular season and those points counted, but uh, uh, it's still a nice win, still a nice confidence booster, and, and uh, our team played well tonight, and I thought our line clicked all night, too. What do you think you're doing well out there that's helping you produce like this? Uh, I think I just have a pretty good grasp of understanding what 97 93 are doing. I think uh, they're the best with the puck, so why not give them the puck and, and go to the net and get open, find the open space? So, uh, like I said, tonight worked, and hopefully it continues to work. I think we have you down for five points. I think that's what's would have been the last time you had a five-point game? Uh, Bantam AAA, maybe. A while ago. I, uh, you mentioned on day one of training camp that you had a role to play on that line. Can you just elaborate on that role and why you've been so successful beside those two guys? Uh, like I said, I, I, I know who they are. I know what they can do. And, and uh, I like to think of myself as a smart enough player to, to know that uh, best chance to score they should have the puck and, and uh, if they have the puck get open because they're going to beat someone so um, it's working right now and, and, and uh, like I keep saying this is exhibition it's a nice confidence booster but we got to get it done in regular season too. All right Ty Ratty, he's feeling good five points tonight after getting a couple of goals against Vancouver the other day Oilers 3-0 and in the preseason they beat the Jets 7-3 tonight power plays Jets were one for five Oilers were Two for five. Uh, some other notes for the Oilers. Larson had an assist. Dreisaitl an assist. Clefbaum, Bouchard, and Bear an assist each. And Cooper Marodi gets a helper. Uh, goes plus one. Took a penalty. Played 11-17 tonight. Now, he's an interesting guy to me. Played University of Michigan. Oilers picked him up in a trade from the Flyers in March. And, you know, again, this is one of those guys where it's like, okay, sure, he's playing against who he's playing against. Um, but the details for him, he seems to be around the puck a lot. He, he kept a couple plays alive, including the, the sequence that led to Raddy's first goal. Now, I'm not putting him in the NHL, but he's one of those guys, oh, go down to Bakersfield, keep working. You know, can you be a depth call-up if they need somebody responsible? Well, you and I have talked about earlier tonight, we talked about over the last number of years where the Oilers didn't have depth in the minors. And, and we know 
uh, over the course of the last number of years, the injuries that seemed to pile up. And when the Oilers had injuries, they, they lost steam because some guy would come up from the minors and it was, it was just a, a Band-Aid. Yep. And it wasn't someone that could actually contribute. Well, the Oilers are now starting to stockpile. And if, if it's a Maruti or if it's a Benson, if it's a Yamamoto or players of that ilk that are down, down in the minors to start the season, now you've got guys that when an injury happens on the first line, okay, we got this guy who can play this position. When it's a third-line guy, okay, we have this guy that can play this position. They never had that in the past. They were picking, okay, here's what we got. It's, it's, a, it's a round peg, and it's going into a square hole because that's all we have down there that we can put up here. And you had guys that were in put in positions where they were not able to succeed. Now the others are going to have choices, and they can call up guys that will fit into the situation that they need them to fit in, and that's what successful teams have. The best teams in the NHL are not only the best because of what they have at the NHL level, but also because of what they have in the minor leagues, that they can withstand injuries. Pittsburgh Penguins, they've lost Melkin and Crosby and Latang over the last number of years, yet their team continues to succeed because the guys they bring up from the minors are able to continue to put them into the winning ways. 7-3, the Oilers take it tonight. Terry is on the open line, 780-496-0063. Hi, Terry. Rob, Rob, great to hear you guys on the radio again. Uh, I've got a couple of very important questions for you. We've got a a pool going on here. I guess uh, it started with a group of us hardcores uh, from the time that actually Steve Eiserman was a rookie, for God's sakes. So long we've been together. Anyways, I got uh, two questions. Uh, uh, has uh, Nuge put on any weight at all this this year? Nuge? Yeah. Um, I haven't lift, I haven't picked him up yet. I'll have to try to lift him next practice. <laughs> I'm just, well, you know, I'm just wondering: has he put on any muscle at all? Because that guy's had a, unfortunately, a history of injuries in the last little while. I'm wondering if I'm going to draft him again. Well, he's well, playing with Connor McDavid. I would draft Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Okay, my second question is just as important. I was looking here. I'm looking for some real inside information here from you guys. I got the hockey news pool guide, and they don't even list Ty Ratty. Is this, is this <laughs> guy for real? Is he worth taking a shot at? Um, you got a sleeper, someone you can take in a late round. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to be around in a late round. <laughs> oh yeah, somebody might try to take a chance yeah. on him earlier. And Connor McDavid's. Come on, I'm going to hold you. Well, I'll put it this, this way: Connor McDavid, if if he stays healthy, uh-huh. is going to win the scoring title. Yeah. So whoever is playing with him are going to have good years. Now Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, in a perfect world, will play with him the entire season. Ty Ratty, if he continues to do what he's doing, will be there for as long as he continues to do that. So, I Ty Ratty is. A long, long time ago, my second year in the National Hockey League, I think I had more letters to me telling telling me that I won them hockey pools because I was being picked in like the 97th round, (laughs) and I had a really big year. So that's where Ty Ratty's going to be. He's going to be a late pick that's going to win a lot of people hockey pools because no one will have had, anyone outside of Edmonton will have never heard of him, and now he comes in with a 65 or 70 point season. They're going to go, wow, what a great pick that was. Well, well you, sure, were, you were younger, I'm sure Rob. we picked you in our drafts, too. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were a little younger than, than uh, Ratty. You were 22, turned 23 right before the playoffs when you had your big year. No. Under 150, weren't you? No, I, was, I think I was 20. Were you still? Oh, yeah, you were still 20. Yeah, yeah. so you were way younger than Ratty. Well, relatively. Now, now I'm way older than Ratty. Yeah, now you're way older. But, yeah, when you, when you had maybe your... Uh, breakout season if you want to. I mean, with you, maybe it wasn't unexpected because it was more straight from being a high-scoring junior to going into the NHL. And the year before you had your 115 points, you had 44 points in 51 games. So it wasn't like you just came up at the end of the previous season like like Ty. But no. I'm sure you, you helped some people. Uh, yeah, well, it's so. funny. I did get, I, like, I get, hey, well, that was when I used to get the, the, the letters in the mail. I said, hey, Mr. Brown, you're my favorite player. Could you have Mario sign these cards for me? I said, all right, yeah. And, and you won me a hockey pool, so, That's, yeah. Most of your fan mail was actually for Lemieux. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was quicker to get it through me, I guess. All right, 780-496-0063. Do we have Todd McClellan, Kellen? Okay, let's go back down to the, uh, well, we'll go to the Hall of Fame room. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Todd, can you talk about the line with uh, Connor and, and Ratty? And, and Connor was saying it would be nice, 
you know, you're the coach, but it'd be nice to have one line that sticks together all the whole way, whereas there's pairs that play in the NHL. Go build layers and you do those other things. The coach would like that too, to be honest with you, but usually the players decide when it's time to mix the lines up based on uh, the type of player, the type of energy we have on our team. And um, those three played together now for a month and a half last year and, and into training camp. And uh, we'd like to keep them together. We think they're a good combination. And, um, you know, they had a hell of a night tonight. And in, in all fairness to Winnipeg, and it'll happen to us on Sunday, that the type of team uh, that we field on the road at, and at home is, is sometimes a little bit different. Um, get to Winnipeg on Sunday, we'll see uh, Shifley and Wheeler and, and Bufflin and they're, they're top-end guys, and um, we'll have our hands full, but uh, you have to take advantage of those situations. Ty Ratty, Nuge, Connor took advantage of it tonight. All right, that is head coach Todd McClellan, and yes, the Oilers uh, absolutely took advantage of the Jets lineup this evening. 780-496-0063-73, Oilers beat the Jets, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We're coming right back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Edmonton 7, Winnipeg 3 is the final this evening. Edmonton led it one nothing after the first, 3-2 after 2. They poured on with three goals in the final 10 minutes of the third to get that decision. Cam Talbot in net tonight, uh, not overly busy, made 20 saves on 23 stops. His biggest save would have been when it was scoreless about six minutes in. He stopped Cop uh, on a breakaway. He tried to go five-hole camp, took it away. Eric Comrie, the Edmonton kid in net for the Jets, he makes 30 saves on uh, 37 shots. Obviously, uh, Connor Hellebuck is going to be the goaltender in Winnipeg. Brassois might be the backup, but they can still send Comrie down to the minors. Uh, so, yeah, we could see Brassois moving uh, moving a couple provinces over here. Yeah, he had a great preseason game the other night. I think it was against Minnesota. Yep. So, I mean, good on him. Uh, he just maybe needed a change of scenery, and he can find his way back into the National Hockey League. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Jed on the line tonight. Overtime open line. Go ahead, Jed. Hey. Hi, Jed. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Hey, Rob's. I'm, I'm in your old stomping grounds. I'm in Barrier, and I'm picking you guys up on the radio. Just perfect. Must be the way the sky's blowing tonight. Um, with Ty Ratty, didn't he play for the Portland Winterhawks? Yes, yes, he did. Yes. He lit it up in junior. He was he was actually a pretty uh, pretty good scorer in junior. Yeah, he was a great junior hockey player. Yes. Yeah, so maybe that's coming back. You know, like he's got the smarts, he's got his positioning, and uh, maybe they got that fit with uh, the way the boys are going. And he just seems to have it. He's got the knowledge where he has to be and where the puck has to be, and hopefully it works. Oh, you're absolutely right. I think if you're going to play with uh, star players, you got to be able to think the game the same way. And he's gonna, he's not going to have the talent uh, of a Connor McDavid, but if he knows what Connor's thinking and he can read it, it's going to make him successful. And he may not have the the, the skill level of Connor or, or or possibly Ryan, but he also he does know how to put the puck in the net. He does know how to make plays. He was very very good at it in junior. So uh, maybe it just took him a while to find the players that he needed to help him get successful and find the confidence to play at this level because uh, right now he is a confident young man that is playing very, very well. And I, he, he's a st- every year you have stories that you want to, to unfold and, yeah, and players that you want to cheer for. And I think Ty Ratty's one of those players. He's a, he's a journeyman minor leaguer who had had success in, the, in junior and hadn't transpired into the National Hockey League, and yeah. now he's got a chance to play with the greatest player in the NHL right now. Yeah. And what's he going to do with it? And so far he's doing everything he possibly can. So, yeah, this is a story that you're hoping that, that things work out for this kid. And he's got, he's got the smirks. You know where, he knows where he has to be. He knows where the puck has to be, and he knows to go to the net. Perfect. Yeah, yep. you're, you're right, and he did it well tonight. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate Thanks, Jeff. Have a good one. Good to hear from you. 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Uh, Marcel says, uh, Rob, do you think it will be Nurse with Benning or Nurse with Bouchard at the start of the season? Or maybe some. I mean, that's... Uh, that, that's tough. Um, I, 
based on what we've seen thus far, I would not be shocked if it's with Nurse and Bouchard in game one. Um, I think as the season goes on, I don't think Bouchard will spend the season here. I don't. I think he'll go back to junior. I think there's things that he can still improve on, including strength uh, and understanding the defensive part of the game a little bit better. Um, But right now, if you're handicapping who the number six defensive, so the first five are already out there. Who's the best of the rest? Bouchard has been the best of the rest. I mean, there are still things that he needs to correct, but then again, there's things that Clefbaum and Larson and Nurse and all those guys can correct as well. So, yeah, I, I right now handicapping it, I think Bouchard starts game one playing with Darnell Nurse. All right. Oilers win 7-3 tonight over the Jets. You'll still hear from Lucic and McDavid. We'll go into the Jets dressing room as well. 10.30 news first, overtime open line, courtesy Canadian Brewhouse from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Left bomb, one touch pass over to Dry Subtle, right face off, down, deflected home. Lucic with the tip, and it's 6 3, second power play goal of the night for Edmonton and Milan Lucic coming off a tough year. Milan Lucic power play goal at 16.01 of the third period. That made it 6-3. Oilers go on to beat the Jets 7-3. Back down to the Oilers' room. Here's Lucic. Uh, you know, where he got open for him for a few times today and made him count. Thanks, Lucic. Was it weighing to some extent? I mean, obviously it was to some extent, but to what extent, I guess, last year. Things just weren't going. Yeah, there were, there were definitely points where it was weighing on you big time. And then, you know, like I explained last year, there were points where you kind of just laugh about it. Uh, you know, just just because of how, uh, you know, everything was going. So, uh, again, I mean, I talked about it before uh, the preseason even started and before camp, just just kind of turning the page on that and, and, and moving forward. And like we just talked about too, you know, I know it's a... We know it's a preseason goal, but you know sometimes that's good for the for the mental part of it and the, and the swagger part of it. So, uh, you know, just establishing myself in front of the net and getting a, getting a goal there is, is what I need to do more of this season. That's your goal. Like you can score twelve or thirteen of those goals, hard pass off your stick and in the net. How many of those? somehow missed the net or didn't go in in that far uh, <laughs> too many too many for sure but uh you know it's nice that the that you start off with one going in for you i actually uh, went back to uh uh my my old stiffness uh stiffer stick just just for things like that and you know as you saw it, it, it worked here tonight so again like i said it just it's just more feeling good about things and, and, and establishing yourself in front of the net and all that type of stuff and, and, and starting to feel better as, as the preseason goes along here so that when October 6th rolls around, you're, you're, you're finding your stride and you're really ready to go. I'm kind of seeing that on a lot of fronts on this team. All right, Brendan Escott working the Oilers dressing room for us tonight. So Lucic, a little tidbit there. Going back to an old stick that uh, is a little stiffer. Well, and, and you and I were talking about it when we talked about how it wasn't an easy goal. I mean, and I think it was Mark Spector said, you know, you could score 13 easy doing that. It's not an easy play. Uh, you, that's a lot of strength. You got Leon Drysdale absolutely firing a puck at you. Most times, it's going to hit a guy's stick and it's going to bounce off, or it's going to flex the stick too much that it goes just wide of the post. A stiffer stick in the hands of a man that uh, is a mountain. Uh, his strength is what makes that work. So he's got the strength, A, to defend a guy on his back, the strength to be able to corral the puck and push it into the right spot as it's coming across. So uh, Leon Dreisaitl would love for Milan Lucic to have that spot all, all winter long and have a confident Milan there because that is a great asset. You have to respect that if you're the defenders. So you've got to get in the lane. And if you're moving down in the lane there, that's opening up the lane straight across where you're going to have either Nugent Hopkins or McDavid standing there. So it's going to be pick your poison for for the defenders on the penalty kill. And when the puck's in the hands of guys with creativity like McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins, they're going to have options. 780-496-0063. Oilers over the Jets 7-3. We'll bring Alex onto the show. Good evening, Alex. Good evening. How are you two doing today? Very well. 
I just wanted to say, as far as the Oilers were were playing tonight, uh, I was uh, pretty excited for for most of the play. Is a couple questions. One uh, is the amount of penalties we took this game against this lineup something we should be concerned about? Well, I think they'd like to take fewer because they also took seven in uh, in Vancouver. I think Drysital got a little frustrated, so you'd hope he wouldn't take that. Kara, yeah. I think, was trying for a poke check and not. Yeah, that not was that out. was a mistake. And I'm trying to remember all of them now. Nurse, he got his he got his hands up. I think on. I I don't know. I mean, you don't want to take dumb penalties. You just don't. They kill you. And if if the Winnipeg Jets brought their real lineup tonight, five power plays against could translate I mean, to four goals against. They would have 15 shots. Yeah, I mean, goal. so yeah, the others have to be smarter. And they and Todd talked about it after the Vancouver game. But uh, early in preseason, uh, there seems to be more penalties called as refs are trying to set the tone going into the regular season. Having said that, in the game tonight, I don't remember a penalty that won't be a penalty three weeks from now. The others just got to be smart when they when they get to the regular season to to understand what they can and cannot get away with. Okay. Um, the other question I had was actually as I was listening to a lot of the uh, uh, after-game um, interviews with some of the players, uh, can we stop talking about last season? Because <laughs> I know that for Lucic and stuff like that, I, I mean, he had, a, he had an off year. I believe that he's going to come back stronger this year. But, man, being having that brought up again and again has got to be hard when they're just trying to move forward. You're you're one hundred percent right. right. I'll Absolutely, tell you, I'll tell you something, Alex. I, I've I've tried not to ask about it as 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 much as possible. Um, sometimes players bring it up on their own, though, because they are pretty irritated about what happened last year. So, uh, fair comment. Uh, fair I, I agree. Hopefully, it, we move off it as a storyline eventually, but. You know that that that's how it goes. You know, there's always there, there's always going to be comparisons to the most recent history as well. But uh, sure yeah, that's a fair comment for sure. All right, thanks guys. Have a great night. Okay, appreciate it, Alex. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Winnipeg picked by many to go deep, maybe win it all this season. They're coached by Paul Maurice. Paul, you were right there. Your hockey club was for a lot of the game here tonight until they kind of took over in the third. What did you see from this young group of Winnipeg Jets this evening? You know, it was a good game. You get a chance to assess some speed and uh, processing and a bit of an up-and-downer. You know, it wasn't much of a grinder. So, so it was really good for some guys. It was a tough night for some guys, but uh, it was a good, good road exhibition game for our assessment purposes. Who were some of the guys that stood out for you positively? Um, so flashes on all of them, but uh, this is going to be hard for me to sell. But Eric Comrie was really good in that game. I, but he settled into it. He, he got his rebound control under control early, and then I liked the way he played the game. I uh, there there are mistakes made, um, so you say, how can the coach be happy with certain games? But I, those young defensemen. You know, from where they were last year to where they are, they stay on that path. They're going to play in the NHL and be good players for us in time. Um, like you know, Lemuse and and Dano again. I thought I thought they they gave us a little texture. I, I like Lowry's line an awful lot, but there's no sense talking about those guys. So um, that was good. Coach, how do you see Sam Nichols' uh, camp so far? Yeah, he's made a really big improvement in one year. Um, you know, a great play on the on the goal. So there's not a lot of guys that can do that, but his his defensive stick is getting better. His confidence, Sammy. When Sammy gets full blown confidence in how a great a skater he is, and he he learns to use that speed, he's going to be a real good defenseman here. It's the same process, I think, that Josh Morrissey went through. It took him a couple of years to get his to get his timing right and his speed right, and then he became a, a great NHLer. What can it mean for those young? I mean, not in the immediate aftermath, but for those young D to see the level that Connor McDavid plays at, and what can it mean for the big picture as they're learning to get into the program? 
Well, you know, you get to an NHL game and they talk about pace and they talk about speed. So defense and the forwards, right? So they're, they're all saying the same thing. The game is so much faster at the NHL level. And what they actually never find out is because they usually go back to their American League team or their junior team, how much faster the regular season is, right? When, when everybody gets into gear. So it's just a good experience for that kind of speed. They, they know you're not lying to them when you tell them we got to go a little faster, man. That is Paul Maurice, the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Scott Johnson once again working the visitors' dressing room on our 6:30 Chet broadcasts this season. You know, he actually said didn't mind the the way they played for uh, a lot of it. I think he's taken into account the experience level mm-hmm. of some of the players. And it's funny he he referenced it. He said, "You're probably going to laugh at me, but Comrie had a p- pretty good game." Uh, and I thought, especially in the first period, the Oilers come out with 17 shots and, and only a one nothing lead. I thought Comrie did everything he could to, to keep it close. Oh, it's a tough one for him. I mean, uh, the, the the ice was tilted for long periods. Um, and you had Connor McDavid out there creating. And when he's creating, he seems to find the guy that's by himself, wide open back door. So I, I'm sure that Comrie's not going to feel that it was a, a great night for him. And I'm sure he was looking forward to having a, a fun night here. You know, this is uh, where he's from. Um, unfortunately for him, the, the Edmonton Oilers and the McDavid line uh, spoiled that party for him. So I, I'm probably not as bullish on Comrie's game as the coach is. A seven-goal game against as a goaltender. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of things that you want to remember about it. And we'll hear from uh, Comrie as we move along tonight. 780-496-0063. And we have Michael on the line. Hey, Michael. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Um, The question that I have, I know he said we're not going to bring up next season again, but last season we went... I think we might have lost one game in the preseason, and uh, well, we've seen what our uh, results were. What do you guys see this year that you guys are that's different than last year? Uh, I don't know yet, to be quite frank. And, and you're right; they were six and two in the preseason uh, last year, and then started uh, one and four and two five and one, and never got back into the playoff race. Uh, I, I mean, I think we're just seeing different things from different players. Raddy's a story. Well, you know, Pulley Yarvey looks yeah. like he's 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 learned, which is good. I, I think we're focusing on some individual players if they can round out the lineup or really grab spots in the lineup. Uh, I yeah. mean, to say this starting the preseason three and zero this year is drastically different from starting pre preseason three and zero last year. I, I can't say that. No. I can't tell you on October 15th, three or four games into the regular season, it's going to translate in, into a big change. Uh, I think we're, like I said, I think we're seeing some some solid performances from players who have been challenged. But as we talked about, we're also seeing some questionable performances from players who have been challenged. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think it's much too early to compare this year to last year. Uh, six and two preseason last year translated into uh, an, a season to forget so uh, there's for me preseason there's gonna there's a few jobs on the line but for the most part you want your players to get through healthy you want to go into the first game uh, on October 6 with a healthy line lineup everyone feeling good about themselves and from there now you start to play for real and now you can start making your uh, assumptions, making your predictions, um, ranking your players, or seeing where that you, you feel they're going to go going forward. But until play these teams start, until the others start playing against teams with full lineups, it's really hard to say where they stand compared to the rest of the league. Jack has referenced this: the last time the Oilers were under 500 in the preseason was 0506, and they almost won the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, I mean, we, like I said off the top of the show, we're, we're talking about the players on the team based on the information we have. Um, you hope the guys that are doing well can continue rolling. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's and that's to me, that's kind of the fun part. On November 30th, if Ty Raddy's back in the AHL, we're going to say, oh, well, so much for that. But if, on November 30th, if Ty Raddy has 
20 points, we're going to say, well, of course, we saw it in the preseason, yeah. right? So you can always use whatever evidence uh, or whatever side of that argument you want, for sure. Uh, we talked about having uh, Eric Comrie here, the uh, Edmontonian, now a goaltender for the Winnipeg Jets, back down to their room. Here's Comrie. Well, obviously not the way you wanted this one to finish off tonight, but what were your impressions from the way this thing played out? Uh, they had a pretty good lineup in tonight. Uh, we played hard, but I mean, they had a lot of skill. At the end of the night, uh, that skill, I think, combined for 11 points. That's obviously the difference. Pretty talented guys over there. Yeah, I would say uh, for sure. I mean, McDavid's one of the better players in the NHL. Uh, he's going to get his points, and uh, yeah, I mean, we battled hard. We played as hard as we could. We gave a good effort, but I mean, they got a lot of good players on the team right now. How about for you? How do you think uh, it went? Goals aside, like the saves, how did you feel out there? Oh, it was nice to play my first game in a long time. Uh, I mean, seven goals is not what you want. Uh, it's a tough loss. You always want to win games. It's unfortunate this time of year not to win the game. What's it like for you to play here? It's exciting. I mean, it's my second time here. I've always loved coming to this building. I mean, I came here last year in preseason. It's uh, always fun to play in front of some uh, family. A lot of speed coming at you, though, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, they got a they got a fast lineup. Uh, we have a fast team over here too, and our players played really hard. They battled really hard. I mean, look, I can't say enough for how hard they battled for me tonight. And unfortunately, they just uh, had a little bit too much. Yeah. All right, that's Eric Comrie of the Winnipeg Jets. Oilers beat him and his teammates tonight, seven three. Connor McDavid, outstanding game. He had four points. You'll hear from him when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 chance. Nurse was able to stop Hinneman in his tracks. Lip on after five years in the American League, finally 38-point season. What a stop by Connor McDavid. McDavid creates his own chance. Comes to the top of the circles and absolutely lets a wrister go. You could hear that one. McDavid scoring early in the third. That made it 4-2 Oilers. He had a goal and three assists in Edmonton's 7-3 win over Winnipeg. Here's the Oilers' captain. Uh, he was getting in the right spot. Um, no credit to him. He uh, a ton of points in minor hockey, junior hockey, even out of third season in the AHL. What instincts do you see that are kind of naturally there? Well, he knows. He knows offense. He understands it. Um, he can shoot the puck. He saw tonight. Um, you know, he was on and off his tape pretty quick. Um, you know, that's stuff that you can't really teach. Um, you know, that instinct, that, that, uh, that killer instinct around the net, um, you know, in the ozone. Um, even even finding guys in stride, uh, you know, he did a great job of getting me the puck uh, through the middle in stride. Um, you know, that's, that's stuff that uh, you can't really teach. Yeah, I thought we played well. Um, there's some stuff I think we can still clean up uh, just, just to round out our game. Um, offensively, I thought we did some good stuff. Um, defensively, um, you know, we didn't spend too much time in the ozone, but we gave up a goal, and, and that's not good. Um, so we got, uh, we got room to improve, but overall I thought it was a good start. Connor, in training camp, you talked about wanting to shoot more. Uh, did you kind of go in with that mindset heading into tonight? Uh, yeah, you, you want to make the right play. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot was made with that. Um, you, know, you just want to make the right play, uh, whatever it is. If the shot's the right play, you take it. If it passes the right play, you take it too. So, um, What do you learn from this one? guys got a stronger lineup for you guys. Yeah, we obviously you want a first game as a line. Yeah, you, you know, they're a team that's going to work, especially when they don't send their, their top dogs. Not to say that their top dogs don't work, but um, you know, these guys are trying to prove a point and um, are trying to make a team. Um, you know, they they were a great uh, American League team. Um, you know, guys that are ready to make the jump. I'm sure they're having a competitive camp, so um, you know, they, they sent some better in D, which were good to play against um, you know, on a good checking line and, and the rest uh, were hard-working guys so sometimes it was almost harder to play in preseason. Raddy is a guy that's always scored he's got that scoring gene you know uh, but he hasn't been able to turn it into a full-time NHL job how do you think you can score that much and you know he's still in a position where he's trying to get a full-time job is he? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's proven it all the way up. Uh, you know, he's the second overall pick into the junior and you know, an early pick uh, in the NHL. And um, you know, he's had success in the American League. And, you know, he's had a taste of success in the NHL as well. So um, you know, he's working hard. He's grinding. Looks like he had a good summer. He's coming to camp in really good shape and, and looks good and gotten off to a good start. So it's all credit to him. 
A lot of questions and comments about Tyratty. That's what happens when you get five points in a game. <laughs> and you're taking advantage of an opportunity with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. Though, like we said, he has uh, got points playing with other lines on the last two games as well. Uh, thanks to Brendan Escott, new addition to our broadcast team here for work in the Oilers dressing room tonight. Uh, new producer of Oilers now, so we're happy to welcome him aboard. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, inside Rogers Place at 10.54. Quick look at the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. I know you love the preseason scores, Rob. Kings and Canucks <laughs> are 3-3 in overtime. Golden Knights leading the other half of the Kings split squad 6-2 late in the third. Canadians without Max Domi beat the Capitals 5-2. Islanders shut out the Devils 2-0. And that was the number of fans that were at that game tonight. We watched. I think there was two in one section and zero in another. Red Wings over the Blackhawks 4-2. Stars beat the Wild 3-1. Sharks beat the Ducks 7-3. And NFL... Thursday night, Browns 21, Jets 17. Cleveland wins its first game since December 24th, 2016. They are one win away from a winning streak. They're, they're one, one, and one. They are, that's right. They tied the Steelers in week one, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, and a couple missed field goals. They could have been. They could be 3-0 <laughs> three three right now. Could be 3-0. Oh. Uh, Eskimos are back at it on Saturday in Ottawa. 12.30 for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 2. Uh, Ottawa and Edmonton, 7-5. and five. Similar seasons for those teams. Uh, pretty up and down. Some brilliant performances and some disappointment. I mean, you know, Ottawa lost to Montreal. And they went into Regina and won on, uh, won on Saturday. But isn't there a lot of parity this year in the CFL? You yeah, take I mean, away Calgary. 7-5. and five, um, you know, Winnipeg's hanging around. BC is still hanging around. I don't think BC's a great team, but they've come up with some good wins. And Hamilton, you know, it's the same deal. One week they look like they're they're going to beat anyone, and then and then they'll have a bad game. So then the Eskimos were able to beat Calgary the last time they played. And when is Manziel playing again this weekend? He's back. He's, He's back. back. Yeah, that's they, good. They put him back in. They play uh, tomorrow. All right. Well, I mean, he, he keeps it interesting. There's always something going on with him. Montreal at Winnipeg tomorrow. And our next Oilers broadcast is Sunday. Oilers uh, off tomorrow. They'll practice Saturday. They play Sunday in Winnipeg. 4.30 face-off show. Play-by-play will start at 6. Rob, I'll see you then, bud. Sounds good. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Our engineer here at Rogers Place is Troy Bowler. You can always get more on 630Ched.com. 7-3 the final tonight in favor of the Oilers. They are 3-0 in the preseason. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great night. When the game ends, the conversation doesn't stop. Every weekday morning, the Orange Crush conversation continues on the 630Chad Morning News with Bruce Bowie. You'll get your fill of Oilers analysis and begin your day with the very latest news from Bob Layton. Accurate forecasts with Global News meteorologist Kevin O'Connell. And we'll get you to work on time with Edmonton's only chopper traffic reports. End your night with the Oilers and begin your day with the 630Chad Morning News. Dinette and Patio Furniture celebrates family moments around the dinner table. Moment 21, the speech. Mom, Dad, it's truly wonderful to see two people so in love after 39 years. What's your secret? Two words. Yes, dear. You better believe it. Because life happens around the dinner table. Save 25% on Burmex Dining Furniture Special Orders during Dinette and Patio's annual fall sale. Order today for delivery before the holidays. Customize, create, and find a location near you at dinetteandpatiofurniture.ca. So you went out drinking and you did the right thing. You left the car at home. Thank you. But did you know that if you drank a lot and stayed up late, you could still have alcohol in your system the next day? and could register a warn, even a fail, on a roadside screening device. It can take up to 12 hours or more from the time of your last drink for your BAC to reach zero. In only time, not sleep, coffee, or a shower sobers you up any faster. A message from Arrival Live Drive Sober and changethe conversation.ca. Hi, I'm Crystal Creek Holmes. 
You probably remember me as a custom estate home builder, but now I'm so much more. You can find me in the most desired communities in Northwest and Southwest Calgary. I even build inner city. People say I work hard, I provide fantastic customer service, and I build an exceptional quality product you'd be proud to call your new home. But enough about me. Stop by and tell me more about you. Visit crystalcreekhomes.ca or see the show home now open in Curry Barracks. Crystal Creek Homes, made for you. Here's an announcement from Yes Plan Financial. Attention property owners, I'm Italo Bruno of Yes Plan Financial. Do you have equity in your home or commercial property? Has the bank turned your loan application down? Has the CRA contacted you to pay off your tax arrears? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, then Yes Plan Financial can offer you fast loan approvals, quick closings, and funding turnarounds. Get approved today at yesplan.ca. That's yesplan.ca and find the financial freedom to pay off your debts. The highest standards of broadcasting. It's what we strive for every minute of the day. To live up to your expectations is our goal, our obligation. And as members of the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council, our promise is to be accountable to you, our listeners. Have a comment to make about our programming? Visit cbsc.com to find information on the council and its codes. A message from the Canadian Association of Broadcasters and 630 Ched. Thank you for making Chorus Entertainment Edmonton's most listened to radio company. CHED 630 Ched, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station.